A podcast where we go one-on-one with fiction creators, such as authors, filmmakers, actors, songwriters, and more. Each episode, we get the inside scoop on our guests' creative process, the ups and downs of their industries, and our guests also give out tips and tricks that help them become successful. And now, let's jump into the episode with your host, Chris C.L. Lowry. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Fiction Addiction Podcast. My next guest is an author, poet, screenwriter, and filmmaker from St. Louis, Missouri. He is a graduate of Lindenwood University with a bachelor's and master's degree in communication. While serving five years in the U.S. Navy, he started writing about his time aboard ship. He is now the author of 15 books, the writer and director of several short films, and the writer of five full feature movie scripts. Ladies and gentlemen, Baron Smith. Baron, what's going on, man? I'm good. What's going on? How we doing? Man, man, man. We got we got a lot going on. I know. So, don't we? so, <laughs> so, so normally I'll start off obviously with 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 um talking to the guests about the global pandemic that we're all dealing with that we're all coping with the new quarantine rules. Some cities and states are letting up. Some others are staying on lockdown. But unfortunately for us, um, as black people in America, we also have to now deal with the death, the murder of George Floyd, which occurred this week um, at the hands of the Minneapolis uh, Police Department. Um, So with all this going on, man, just, 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 where you at mentally? Well, I mean, just, uh, for one, it's disturbing. Um, just, uh, I watched the video and for a person, anybody that ha- that's gasping for air and asking and saying that he, he or she can't breathe, that's disturbing. Uh, taking it from a human perspective, not black and white. I mean, you know, you would think that you're, you know, just being a, a, a human, you know, you would have some type of compassion to, you know, be like, okay, okay, yeah, I am, you know, um, you know, what they say, a 200 pound man on somebody's uh, throat. Uh, let me let him get some air. He is subdued. He has cuffs on. He's not resisting. And it's disturbing. It's very right. much Absolutely. disturbing. Um, and, and it, it, it's, it's hard to watch. Uh, I'm tired of seeing things like that. I'm, I'm just, you know, just at a space where, um, what, what's next? I mean, what, what's, what's, I mean, I, I, just, I don't know what can get worse than that, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we, I know, we've yeah. seen it all now at this point. Exactly. exactly. You got from, uh, people just filming, you know, to, um, you know, it, it was almost like he was posing for, you know, if you know, in the pictures that you see, it's almost like he's posing, like he's proud of what he's doing. And that's very. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was like no care in the world at all. No care in the world. So, I mean, I, I just, you know, it just, I don't know. It's just it's sad. Very sad that the world is, is like that now that we can't even, as, you know, 
human beings, uh, you know, have to go through things like that. So definitely not right. in a good place right now. So how how you making out through this pandemic, man? Well, um, I work in the healthcare industry, so uh, I've been pretty busy myself uh, through this. Uh, it's 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 almost like uh, I mean, it's becoming like a routine now. You know, it's uh, I know hey, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's <a> scary. Part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it, it's funny. It's like you know, um, with the masking and stuff like that. Now it's like second nature now to grab a mask. Right. Um, you right. know, um, it's it's. I mean. It got to a point like my my favorite team is the Steelers, so I got so many Steeler masks and stuff like that, uh, Navy masks and stuff. You know, I almost got it <laughs> like to match certain things because that's the norm now. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's the norm so, now for at least the rest of the year. <laughs> exactly, at least. Um, but uh, as far as like working in a hospital, you know, it's it's you kind of seeing firsthand of like people that's coming in and you know, and it's like, um. Wow, it's like wow, you know, it can it can be anybody. It can literally be anyone. You know, this is something that's um very I mean, very contagious and it's just not our you know, we've been fortunate not to have too many uh positive patients. Uh we have done a lot of testing, but um you still get to see it firsthand and it's like wow, like this is uh something that's no joke, you know, that's why it really um, you know, just uh, protection and things like that that we have to do. It, 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 it's, it's, it's needed, you know, because this is no joke. So. Now, so obviously you got a lot going on, man. You, you definitely, your resume is definitely impressive. You, I can't you. imagine just the, your level of creativity just to be involved in so many things uh, such as WWE. So with so many writing avenues that you're involved in, where did your writing journey begin? Um, in the Navy. Um, just, uh, I, um, just, uh, somebody told me right before I went in to, you know, just jot down, um, uh, like a lot of experience that you're going to go through. I wish I would have listened to that person, but I, I didn't. But the one thing I did do, um, just to have time go by being, un uh, underway out at sea. You know, uh, I just started writing like small little entries, like poetry entries, uh, that kind of turned to, uh, when I got back, when I got out the Navy, I started taking a little bit more serious, taking some of that, uh, writing that I did in the Navy and just started doing, um, open mics, uh, poetry. Mm. And I remember, never forget this lady. I wish I would have, you know, known who she was. She just, after I did one piece, um, she came to me and said, uh, do you have a book? And I was like, oh, not really. I would never thought that, you know, that anybody right, would right. want to, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, and, but if man, she, I just remember, I, I can visualize her face right now. Like, like she was almost looking at me like, wow, are you crazy? I mean, that's something that, you know, with poetry people, you know, uh, true fans would like to take home, you know, so that, right. Kind of that that got me started uh, back in uh, '05, my and that's when I wrote my first book. '05. So that of that's that interesting alone. because because obviously that moment was shocking for you, but it also speaks to the talent she must have 
seen in your performance. So how was that feeling um, processing that once you, once everything settled, like once you went home and really thought about it, like, did she just really ask me that? Do I have a book? You know what I mean? How was that feeling processing all that information? Oh, it was, it, it was great. Um, kind of unexpected uh, because it was, a, you know, it was quite a few floors, maybe 15 to 20 um, out, out of that uh, night. And, you know, for, and it was like at the end, not like, you know, like something like when you, after you finished and you sit down, you know what I'm saying? Then somebody comes to you. Right. But it was at the end. I was like, just say like if I was like number six or something like that out of 15 points to, you know, say that at the end when, when it's over with that, you know, kind of, you know, um, kind of was unexpected at the time. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, um, you know, it was just something I like to do. But to get recognized for something that you like to do is is, is awesome. So, uh very, very Absolutely. much appreciative, and she kind of, you know, kicked that off for me. You know, I thought about, it, I said, yeah, why not? Let me dig in a little bit into it and and figure out uh, what I want to do or and how I want to do it. So, yeah, that's dope. Now, going back to the poetry, do you remember your first piece and your first performance? <laughs> um, wow. Um. I think it was uh, a piece called Sometimes. I think that's what it was. Uh, yeah, it was It was Sometimes. It kind of, uh, this was something that, you know, just uh, being out to sea. Uh, I remember writing it back in the, uh, like, early to mid-90s when I was in the Navy, just saying, like, almost like sometimes I wish I was back home. Sometimes I wish I can, mm. you know, reminisce of, you know, whatever. So it was just one of those type of uh, pieces that, um, you know, just kind of took me back to childhood that I, you know, just started uh, writing about. And yeah, and I guess that was the one that uh, struck her attention. <laughs> I got her attention. So. <laughs> now, what what made you want to perform it at open mic? Um, and were you able? How were you able to build up that courage? Because obviously, that's oh yeah. That's a, a journey in itself to build up the courage to now perform this in front of people. So, so uh, what made you actually want to do the open mic? It was tough, man. Very tough. Um, just <laughs> um, uh, finding out that we we had a back in back then we had like a weekly running uh, open mic uh, thing at the, the bookstore store called Legacy, and. Um, it was kind of like, uh, I remember my first time. Now, um, my first time there, I didn't do it, but maybe like a couple of weeks later, that's when I built up the, the courage too, because it almost was like um, just hearing the other poets. I'm like, wow, man, there's some amazing words that's being said. And I'm like, man, I like mm -hmm. to get my, my try at it. And, uh, <laughs> and so um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I got through it pretty good, but as time went on, I, I got a lot better, but I remember being just real nervous, just standing up in front of people and doing, you know, something that, you know, you like. And uh, I, I mean, I got through it good. I, it was I didn't stumble or anything, but I felt like right, right. Um, like as I uh, went on, you know, uh, you know, just kept on doing it. I got a lot better, put a little bit more emotions and stuff to it. 
uh, like that to, uh, you know, it got to a point where um, uh, later on, just, you know, after doing it for so long, I'll write a piece there and then recite it that same, you know, uh, you know, evening. So that's really? how comfortable I got doing it. You know, and, and, and then it's some of the it's almost <laughs> like family, you know, it's some of the it's some of the same people there, but sometimes different audience, but some of the same, um, you know, uh, poets there. And, and it, it was great. I met a lot of people, uh, a lot of influences and things like that. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely at first <laughs> tough. But man, uh, after it was like, oh, man, I, I'll just go up there and I, oh, I just wrote this. I just want to see how, what people think. And, you know, that's how it came down to it, you know towards uh when i felt comfortable with it so so let's say there's a a a, a, a poet out there that has their work that is for, that's writing and producing these pieces that are so close to them and they have considered jumping and taking that leap into doing an open mic finally showing their work to the world what piece of advice would you give them to help them prepare to get to that next level um that uh you're gonna be nervous and everybody has a start but a lot of times with poetry poetry is more intimate so people is you know they're they're not going to look at like maybe like the flaws that you may have but it's more of the words that you're saying so um it's it's one of those things where uh you know like uh I would suggest, you know, if it's your first time until you get comfortable, pick something pretty powerful. I mean, something that really going to uh, send a message out or just so uh, lyrical um, that, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's just going to just rumble through everybody. I remember um, uh, this white lady. Um, when I first started going there, I guess uh, the first couple of times I was there, I guess she didn't, um, she wasn't there, but she's a, a, a person I always came. So mm. when it was her turn, people started snapping for her before she even got on the stage. I was like, wow, what's, what's going on? What's she? Right. And yeah, like, she was, <laughs> right. And then I, it, it was amazing. And. I was like, you know, I'm just looking crazy while everybody around me snapping. They almost looking at me like, why you ain't snapping for them? Like, okay. right, you ain't <laughs> you know, I guess I <laughs> so. <laughs> so she, um, she, she was going to do another piece, but they made her do her one piece that I guess everybody loved, and she was almost like, okay, 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 I'll do it like that. I said, what is going on? Why, <laughs> you know? And, oh snap! As crazy as this might sound, um, man, I, I I'm almost <laughs> afraid to even say it, but it was about like a like abuse that she had went through and how she came out of it. Like when I tell you mm. this lady was a movie, I was like, like uh, okay, it's pretty dark i can i can i can hide my tears um and it was it damn was powerful. for real yeah it was i just never I just, and, and it's a couple other people that that i poets that i remember but i just never 
forgot that. You know, she was so, and I see why people were doing it. I mean, I was standing over the ovation when she uh, finished. Matter of fact, she didn't even do her other piece. She just did that. And, uh, you know, then she just left the stage. You know, I guess it takes a lot of it, uh, a lot out of her. And, man, it was such a powerful piece. And she said it was a true story. I'm like, Jesus. And how do you go out? I said, man, I'm glad I wasn't after her. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> how you go after that? <laughs> yeah, I, I just never, I just never forgot that. You know, I just, um, one of those things uh, that stuck with, I never, and you know, I always, you know, oh, powerful piece, you know, but I never got her name or anything. I kind of wish I got her name and, and um, stuff like that, but I never didn't. But, you know, she will always come or, you know, put it like this, she would, Maybe not every week, but you know, at least a couple times a month, she'll she'll be there, and you know, saying different. And she she had other pieces that was powerful, but that was I just remember that, and and that was one of the ones that she almost had to tell the crowd, "No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I I'm got not doing that, new. Right. <laughs> I got something new now." <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. so that's how no. it was. I mean, this this place. I mean, it it was uh, it was a small bookstore but i tell you some of the best poets uh came out of there that i know <laughs> is it still open you know what uh, i haven't been there in years uh but um one of the one of the uh my friend uh that we do movies together he he uh had a couple pieces and uh last year now i'm talking about this is back in like 06 07 and he just uh, recited uh, a piece there like uh, like a year ago. So yes, they are open. I'm oh, out okay. of town. Going to go. I haven't. I'm I'm gonna check back into it. Even though I haven't wrote poetry in, in years, but it's just you know it just I just haven't been in years. But I know the minute I go, you know I'll be probably trying to write something. <laughs> yeah, I was say right back in it. <laughs> it. It was just it was just powerful. I mean, you know, it just it was a powerful. So I think so. I, th I think they, they, they are. I think they it's the same people and everything. Now, how did you get from obviously writing your poetry on a ship when you were in the Navy to the point where you have 15 published books? Wow. Um, so I probably, before I started self-publishing, I had some of the most rockiest uh, experience in writing books. That my first book is the only book that's not available online because of uh, traditional uh, publishing um, that I went through. That I paid so really? much money for. That you know, I can I can tell us I can tell I can probably write a book about that alone. Um, and it wasn't. I'm not saying that the company that I went through is bad. It's just when you don't do um, the proper research for stuff. Um, that's what happened. It was basically one of those deals where, um, you know, you pay so much money and you get like, uh, what, 200 copies, 100 copies of, book, of your book, and then that's it. You know, it's not available until, unless you reprint it and things like that. So, um, so from there, that kind of discouraged me off my first book. And it took me maybe another year or two to write the second one, um, the second poetry book. And I went through a traditional publishing, uh, self-publishing company. So that's the difference. 
uh, self-publishing and a publishing company is 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 a is a different thing. So with that, right, right. I did I got two I think I did two books, and that was again it was better than the first uh, experience, but I still paid a lot of money for something that um, you know like you have a limited supply of it and it costs just as much as your book for them to make it. So uh, the only good thing about that, yeah, it's, it's, it was crazy. The only good thing about that, at least it, it was online, you know, that you can people can get it online. But ever so after, I think my fourth book till, till the 15th, it was uh, um, smooth sailing. Uh, I, I, I got with, um, I started publishing my own, uh, like my own publishing company, self-publishing, and the, the route that I went, which is, I'll tell anybody, anybody asks me, um, it's an Amazon uh, company called KDP Select. That's probably the mm-hmm. best thing to do if you're publishing a book. Only problem with that is that um, you're, um, you, you have to do, you're doing most of the work yourself. Uh, like, with a, like with a company, they may offer uh, in their packages, they may offer the offer editing and they offer uh formatting and things like that but with uh kdp select you have to get it edited and formatted yourself you you can you know you can um they do offer that but it's not like with a package deal but the um the thing about the thing that makes uh kdp select so great is that um you know uh the book is 100 percent yours um you know, you don't uh, how can I put it? Um, just say like uh, your book is published on demand, so um, you know you don't have to buy so many books for the deal to go through. Um, oh, exactly. You, you know, you know what I'm saying, and that's what the other public like. They may say, okay, you have to buy 200 books, and your cost is 800 dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. and then the rest of your books will be online. But here, once you get it. Uh, once you finish, uh, you you have like an initial small fee, and then you, you you finish, and then it's on you. Okay, your book is right, live, right. and um, your book now for your copy that is called Arthur's copy. You pay what it costs to print the book. So to put that in perspective, if you have like a two hundred plus, or let's say a two hundred uh, page book, it may cost them. Uh, Three fifty, three dollars and fifty cent to print it. So that's what you pay when you can sell the book for ten, fifteen dollars, however you want to uh, uh, sell it for. So that's the uh, that's the advantage for that for uh, doing it with them. It's the uh, very cost effective and it's a lot easier to uh, to you know like function and things like that sell it yourself without paying a horn leg. So doing it that way uh, has been uh, the way I've been doing it for the last 10 years. Mm. Yep. I suggest that's- anybody that, you know, that's going to, that wants to write to look into KDP Select. Now it's take awesome. us back to, 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 the, to the first, to that first company, that first deal you had 
what because most people are going to wonder obviously uh a lot of people go through this with these companies um some yes. of them they some of them they call them vanity companies the, the, the companies yes. that charge you to publish yep so talk a little bit of about seeing this company some of the things that might catch your attention for the new writers so they can avoid obviously oh. um making some of the same mistakes that we made just not knowing like you said right. if you don't do enough research you won't know because they will have the glitz and glamour so so talk about some of the things you saw in the in the beginning compared to once you start doing your research you start noticing towards the end oh wow yeah if they're if they still exist <laughs> that's what the, the internet <laughs> just took over um well <clears throat> okay so um so I, I mentioned the lady said that she liked my my um, piece that I did. So uh, I I thought about writing the book. I wrote everything out, uh, ready to um, get it uh, edited and stuff like that. So now I'm looking for a company. Back in the this is back in '05. Um, so I just um, looked up actually. I want to say that uh, I don't even know if I went on the internet. I want to say I just looked up like in the yellow pages or something like that. Oh, for real? Like a publishing <laughs> company. I, I want to say that. Um, and then uh, uh, it was a publishing company actually in St. Louis. And I went to them and uh, they said, yeah, we can uh, publish your book and this and that. And yeah, you own the rights to it. And, you know, uh, uh, we'll publish. How many copies do you want? So, you know. I'm thinking like uh, I want as many copies as possible until they told me the price <laughs> of it. And, uh, right. And I said, okay, we'll we'll keep it to. I think I got a hundred books. We'll keep it to a hundred. And um, I said, okay. So what happens um, when I want to, uh, you know, get some more? He's like, okay. Well, you just come back and we'll print you some more, you know, for that price. And I, you know, at the time I was thinking, well, I got a book. You know, I can just, um, you know, sell it and things like that. But what was happening to me was that, um, you know, uh, you know, Internet was, you know, 2005, you know, Internet was good and this and that. Uh, people were saying, like, where can I purchase? I don't, you know, I don't have cash on me uh, or whatever. Where can I purchase? This is before, you know, um, your um, uh, like cash app and all that stuff. So right. if they wasn't giving it you know, from you then, how can they get it? They couldn't. So it was one of those deals. Well, okay, I'll see you next time. I'll try to have some cash on me. So yeah, I probably, I, I missed some opportunities to, uh, uh, get the, you know, to sell the book. And that's what, you know, I, I don't even think like now, I don't even think like that that's probably, it, it, it's the equivalent of going like to a Kinko's or something, getting a book published that where I went to. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, I don't even know that even if you because it's so I mean, we're, we're so in our phones that I don't even know if anything will attract people to something like that. Like it, it hit me back uh, then. So that was quickly, um, um, you know, I sold out of those probably kept like a couple of copies around, but I sold out of all those. And then I was thinking like, man, I have to I, I was asking, I said, there ain't no discount or nothing like that. I mean, I went. He's like, basically, you know, that's, you know, the cost for printing that many pages and things like that. So, um, yeah, no, that's that's your cost. So, yeah, immediately that, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of, 
took me away <laughs> from it. Um, right. Did I? I could have, uh, you know, I could have, uh, you know, went through uh, KDP and republished the book, but eh, you know, I, I got a couple copies. I'm satisfied with just uh, having a couple copies. Say, hey, this is my first book, <laughs> you know, or something right. like that. Put the image. Plus, up. you dropped fourteen Somebody more really after, so it's like, <laughs> right? <laughs> you got a catalog. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. So yeah, it's that's that's what attracted me. Just you know, you know, and not really having now, you know, I try to mentor people. I didn't really know nobody that wrote books. You know, even at the poetry um uh you know event, it wasn't too many people that I see uh saw, you know, that, that would you know, that had books there. You know, it was just funny. It was even funny that she even came to me and asked that because really nobody else was selling books. You know, so uh, that I that I saw. So, um, so I really, you know, it's it's it it just wasn't nobody that I can go to now nowadays. Man, just about everybody has a book or knows somebody that has a book. So it's it's right. easier and the best best way to do it is just ask. You know, and people they don't mind like me. You know, I don't mind sharing my knobs. I'll even help you. You know, so yep, that works. So now, dealing with that experience, and, and we see it a lot now, obviously, that was back then, um, and I can imagine it was harder back then, but you see a lot of people now, they deal with these type of companies, They this happens to them, and then they get discouraged, they get a bad right. taste in their mouth for the industry now at that point, and, and they stop. What motivated right. you to keep going? Um, I love telling stories. Um, I. Um... At the time, I wasn't writing novels. I didn't write my first novel to 2012. So a lot of my poetry and like kind of like self-help uh, books and things like that, I just like to uh, you know uh, put my put my knowledge on a on on a piece piece of paper. So um, that what kept me going. A lot of times, I used to have to tell people that you know, uh, to get a deal, you know, I never, I never got a deal and I'm not afraid to, to say that, but you know, if a person get a deal, they're fortunate, you know, uh, for that, even though, you know, you probably don't own your rights, uh, like most of your rights to it. But I think a lot of people are like, uh, deceived by, you know, they, they, they think, Oh, I'm gonna write this amazing book and I'm gonna just, all these deals are just going to come at me where, uh, right. You know, they'll take care of the, you know, uh, um, I mean, even like seasoned uh, book veterans, uh, you know, a lot of them, um, you know, they just, the, the hustle game is just, you know, I, I can print on, you know, uh, self-publish and then I'll just use the internet and then just go to different book functions and that's how I, you know, become a best-selling author and things like that. So, um, to me, uh, to 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 want to you have to love writing i mean some people get into it get in it because they they have a great idea i got into it because i love i actually enjoy writing i actually enjoy telling stories and uh you will you know it, it's almost like uh, you know when people ask me about books uh like oh i want to write a book i almost be like okay let's see what's next you know you want to write a book okay let let's see a lot of people don't understand the um, you know, like the, the focus uh, factor in that, or the the um, the discipline 
behind that. You know, yeah, ideal is great, but it's a lot of discipline in writing a book. I mean, that's, you know, you write two, 300 pages, even 80 pages. I mean, it's discipline. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and a lot of people are not ready for that. So you, that's what kept me going. And, 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 you know, you have to realize that it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you're not going to write an entire book overnight, you know, so. But you have Anytime, to, you know, <laughs> right? Exactly, you know. So, yep, that's my that's my <laughs> my thing. Uh, so, the discipline so, part. <laughs> so, speaking of writing, what's your what's what's your writing setup? What's your routine? <laughs> so it's funny. Um, <laughs> I used to. Uh, I don't know for some reason I had to break myself for that. I used to can only write at work. Like on breaks and stuff. I don't know why. Because I guess because oh, for real? discipline. Yeah, I mean, I have wrote so many books that not at this job, <laughs> not that man. People won't even realize, like just at lunch breaks, at any type of breaks, I just whip over my pad and just write. Now, let's just say from a period of maybe seven, seven, eight years. Now, uh, my here, here is my thing. I'm, you know, different authors are, I mean, authors are different. A lot of people say that, a lot of authors say, hey, I can just, when I, when I got it in me, I write out 30 pages. I'm not like that. I, I'm not structured like that. My structure is I set up small goals. Like I'm finished, I'm writing a book right now. I do, uh, I like to do two or three pages a night. That gives me anywhere in within a week, five day week. That gives me anywhere to ten to fifteen pages. So I can tell you that you know you, you may slip up every now and then, but I can tell you like if I want to write a two hundred page book, it'll take me this amount of time to write it. That's that's the discipline that I follow, you know. And you know, uh, it's that's easier for me. A lot of people can't do it that way. A lot of people have to, uh, you know, have to get into that right mood. Where they can do twenty pages, thirty pages. To me, it just to me that's that goal would be, you know, I have to have goals with it, and if I don't satisfy that goal, it, it just don't set uh, right. Right. That's how, especially with the novels, that's how I was able to, um, you know, like I think I wrote two novels in one year, or something like that. Maybe two novels in like a span of like six or seven. So uh, that's that's my style. Like I have to have those small goals, uh, daily goals. I rest on weekends, or if I miss uh, a weekday, I can make it up. But I never like to go over that. I never like to say like, uh, uh, "Oh, I feel good. I want to do instead of doing my two pages a night. I want to do uh, it's like Saturday." finish like if i did like if, if my goal was 10 pages uh, a week i i don't do like oh i feel good on saturday I, i'm gonna write another five pages but right, right. for some reason i just i don't do that i'll rather take that break because it do writing can kind of take a lot out of you sometimes so it's just good to to know that hey i finished my goal for that week i'll just you know start it back next weekend and to me doing it that way by the time you you know you think about it, you'll have like 60, 70 pages done, you know, and you're like, wow, it's only been you know 
couple of weeks or whatever. So. Yeah, and then you yep. rack up. And that's crazy because that method could possibly work for a lot of people, especially people who find it hard to write. You know what I mean? Because like you said, if you set goals that aren't attainable, then you're just going to mentally psych yourself out rather than setting the small goals exactly. and, and reaching it. Yeah. But yeah, that's crazy. That, right. that, that, that's dope. That's definitely a dope uh, process. Thanks, to have. Yeah. So Thank speaking you. of speaking of your books, um, obviously you got one of the novels you've written titled His Wife or Death. Um, this is a story about Sebastian, who is a shy computer genius. He's the vice president of a very wealthy company. He has it all, money, power, and prestige, but he's missing one thing in his life, which is love. He meets a very beautiful lady that just appears in this small town. She's looking for a new life and a man that will take care of her. So in this story, as it continues, you're talking about twists and turns. He ends up, <laughs> he goes to jail for 10 years. Um, He has people setting him up. So break this story down. Uh, where was the inspiration yeah, um, for this story at? Wow, I don't. Oh, oh. Uh, before I even go into that, I have to tell you, you asked a good question. Inspiration, Law and Order, SBU. <laughs> my, my God, man. It, you know, sometimes I get mad at them. I was like, how come I didn't think of that? Well, maybe <laughs> five. I'm telling you now. So, so don't tell the world. Sometimes I say I'll twist it up a little bit so it won't. They got some of the best. I, I want to meet their writers. I, I, I just, Jesus, I want to meet their writers. And um, <laughs> they, they give me some of the best storylines in the world. I mean, it's almost like it's cheating. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I, I, I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. And um, and it's funny because uh, I never, and, 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 and here, here's a great story. Okay, I started writing my novels in 2012. That's when I got, that's when I started watching, uh, uh, Law and Order. Never watched it oh, before. My mother-in-law, she uh, she 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 told me about it. She was like, uh, because I used to watch, um, uh, oh, what's that? Forensic Files. I mm. love that show. And um, and she told me about. I said, I don't know about like a real life. She said, uh, watch. And it's funny because uh, I remember the first episode. Or are you a fan of Law and Order? Do you? Oh, absolutely. Like that. So. I, uh, I love watching SVU. My first episode is uh, I'm I'm a fanatic, so excuse me about that. But when uh, Olivia Benson uh, she had to uh, go to jail to uh, to see what was going on about this uh, uh, ladies being raped in jail, she nearly got raped. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I remember well, that. I remember it was by the guard or somebody, right? Yeah, by the guard. Yeah, yep, yeah, the guard yeah, had that. a that disease. Crazy. He gave it to the. Man, that that was my friend, and I was hooked ever since. So, so my storylines, my storylines are, um, um, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily use their storylines. It just gives me inspiration to it. It just gets the juices flowing. So when I came up with this, uh, this book, his wife or death, I wanted so I wanted to, to change the twist. So. Uh, with this story, and the story goes into uh, like a different plot because you would think the story is about abuse, but it's really not. But um, it's about the guy Sebastian. He meets this uh, this lady, like you said before. He meets her. Uh, they start dating. Uh, he gets her pregnant. They get married. Uh, after they get married, she start abusing him. 
And um, the story is that um, she starts abusing him. Uh, he takes it because he's very shy, wasn't used to him. She's very beautiful, things like that. Then she started cheating on him. So when he found out about the cheating, he was like, okay, I'm done uh, with her. I'm, uh, I'm going to take my daughter and, and move on. You know, he got all the money and this and that. He's like, whatever, I'll pay alimony, whatever. You know, remember, he's very in this company. He has a lot of money. So she knew that her cash uh, cow was going to go. She got wind of it. So um, she, uh, you know, just uh, wanted to uh, fake like her abusing, like him abusing her. She was thinking that. Okay, she can get a little bit more money and alimony, and that the the uh, the the abuse that her cheating would go unnoticed. That she can, you know, attack first with the tell the courts like, no, he's been abusing me and this and that. Here's the scars, and this and that. Unbeknownst, beknownst to her, that the state picked it up and wanted to investigate, so they sent him to jail for ten years over mm. that. And so uh, she was like, oh, no, no, no. So then um, had a very, you know, kind of dirty prosecutors like, oh, so you're saying it didn't happen. You know, we can send you to jail. So um, she was like, uh, well, no, uh, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> so <laughs> she's kind of like uh, uh, she's kind of like remorseful, but she had to keep it up. And she knew that. Um, you know, he wouldn't survive in jail. He has a baby face, this and that, would not survive in jail. Even his own lawyer said, look, I don't know what, you're, you're not going to survive a day in jail. You know, I'm just mm. sorry. You got 10 years. Try your best. I'll try, but the case is sticking, this and that. Now, here's where the story turns. So the story is really not about abuse. It's about more of his transformation in jail. So instead of him, you know, uh, when he first get to jail, they they picking straws saying who's going to get to him first. Right. So he's nervous and this and that. And uh, he meets uh, death is not death. Death is uh, in the in the title. Death is is a person. That's why I say his wife or is it death? Uh, he befriends a guy named death who's uh, a person that's a big kingpin. Now, death is running a uh, empire in there, but um, he he's not the smartest with numbers. So in exchange, uh, he uh, gets with death and death said, if you can run uh, the numbers on his empire, I'll protect you. So mm. it was a deal. So uh, they started making money together. And during that time, uh, you know, his body and his personality Sebastian started changing. He started, you know, becoming bigger, working out this and that. He became like more of a kingpin. And so, um, to make a long story short, uh, how the how the how the book changes. So now, uh, people starting to fear him now because he's right under death. And uh, they have a thing. I, I've made a thing where um, I call them like kind of hash marks where. Um, you know, like where the new inmate come in and they size you up. And the first thing that him and death do, they show him his arms where they have hash markers of how many people they killed. So uh, death mm. killed like 10 people. And that's the record in jail. And Sebastian has killed five. So that's his record. So nobody messed with them until somebody, you know, killed death. So 
uh, Sebastian is like outraged. So he found the person who killed him, who killed, you know, death, his best friend now. And uh, Sebastian, even the guard scared of him. He found the person and he killed the person right in front of a, a, of a guard, a uh, prison guard, Dang. killed him right in front. And, uh, and so that gave him another extra five years, but he got so much praise for that because he wasn't scared. So now he's thinking uh, death, death had a girlfriend that uh, was, you know, running his business on the outside and after death died, um, you know, he got in touch with his girlfriend and uh, Sebastian, he's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do right. I want to get out of jail now. I got, we got all this money. He set her up, did, did her, you know, good and this and that. And she did him good, kept all the money for him. So now he's, he's doing like his, his extra five years. He's almost like a model uh, prisoner. Nobody messes with him because they know his, his, uh, his stripes. Um, until the, so here come that his uh, first wife, uh, she's in an abusive relationship with the person who she cheated on with him. So they have a daughter. So the guy tried, attempted to uh, rape, uh, rape his daughter. So mm. now Sebastian, he's getting out of jail and his daughter, who he hasn't seen in years, didn't even know that she would know who he was. Uh, writes them and say, hey, dad, you know, I know we don't really know each other, but this bastard tried to rape me and I say this and that, this and that. So now he's outraged. And so he's still, you know, now he really has to get out of jail. And then uh, he, he got to a point where he wanted to uh, punish everybody that sent him to jail because he shouldn't even be in jail anyway. Um, <laughs> so another <laughs> twist Another twist is, is that um, his daughter actually has, like, um, you know, do Sebastian have a killer, had the killer blood? You know, he was a shy guy, this and that. Did it actually, you know, take him going to jail? So his daughter has those same traits uh, as him, like as a killer. She becomes a killer too because she's angry that her mom didn't protect her and now she wants to uh kill people too so uh things mm. kept things was happening things was happening when when he got out of jail uh when he got out of jail now imagine this guy been in 15 years he's massive now um he uh he he wants to get out of jail he wants to assume another uh different identity because um he wants to punish everybody that put him in jail, the prosecutor, and this and that. So, so when he um, gets out of jail, um, things started happening. Like uh, he was, uh, he was noticing like it's another killer in the uh, in in that town, in that small town. But he didn't know that it was actually her, his daughter, until mm. at the end. And that's where I leave it at, <laughs> right there. So crazy. Yep. So now, getting into your head as a writer, and obviously a creator, you mm -hmm. create these characters, and as you know, people as they're reading fall in love with these characters. Um, Death is one of those characters that people mm -hmm. are going to grow to like, obviously with his relationship with Sebastian. What goes through right. your mind when you kill off a character like that? <laughs> uh <laughs> 
um wow just uh i just wanted to be i know it's a fiction i know that um you know like uh i just wanted to be as real as possible. i just want something to be as real as possible like it can't happen um mm. that you know um i want I want to take it there. I always say that when people ask. I, I just want to take a book there. I want to take it there. I wanted to. I want you to think that the book was about abuse when it's really just the beginning part of it. Um, to a point where this shy kid, a uh, guy that goes to jail that shouldn't even made it a day, winds up making it fifteen years and has stripes to prove. You know, um, so. This just just wanted to be believable. Um, I love the character of, of Death um, because he was actually a person that you know you, you you can imagine that could you know it could be in jail, it could be on the outside, just a person looking after someone that's helping him. You know, so that's what I uh, like to you know, to believe that you know when stuff like that when I write. And, and then how I, I like to I like to have like what's the mystery to me? I like to know the beginning and the ending of the book. Uh, like I know I wanted the book to end this way. I know I wanted to start this way. Now my mystery is how I'm going to put everything together. So that so even when I'm writing the book, it's still being creative and things like that. So that's my my way of telling the story. So. Now, did you know this was going to be a series when you originally started working on this book, or was, or did it just start well, growing on its, its own? It, well, it's really not a series. I just call it my prison series because the actually the two books that's um, uh, the prison walls they're they're just prison they're just prison books um, that I put in. I just put a series because they're they're my only two prison books. Um, can it be uh, one? I actually had one of my fans uh asked me if i was gonna do a part two to that because of uh at the end because there's another serial killer uh, out his daughter and what i'm gonna do with that uh, I, I danced around a little bit but i haven't came to, i got i got other books that i want to write yeah i have to feel it you know i, I have to um, it, you know, I don't really, I don't now, now my other, I got three books that are series and I learned from this, um, the, the, the dirty, the uh, dirty little reason series. And I learned, I learned from that kind of, it, I'm not a fan of series. Like if I do do series, they'll probably do standalones. Or if I do, it'll probably just be, uh, one or two books because if, if uh, a reader haven't, you know, uh, read any of the books and pick up, uh, like I had a reader that told me this book makes absolutely no sense. Uh, it's all over the place. Uh, and I, and, you know, I'm the type of person like, wow, thank you for the honesty and this and that. And it wasn't that book, but it was, uh, my, my dirty reason, dirty little reason book. And, um, I just, I asked her, it was one of those things where I asked, she actually told me who she was. And, you know, she was just ripping in this and that. And I said, wow, what did you think about the first one? She said, it was the first one? I said, whoa, mm, yeah. No. 
<laughs> you been, <laughs> I said, man, you been, if you started on that second book, you will be so lost. So, right. you know, that was the last I heard of there. But then that kind of, that kind of <laughs> thinking. And, and I'm glad that she did that because I never thought about that. If I do a series, I will have to promote it to the artists I have to do. And now even when I do sell those books, I sell them as like kind of like a series. I give a good discount, kind of sell them as a series because I don't want the same thing to happen. Right. Again. You want them to be able to because it, go straight Right. And, and the book was kind of like, you know, like when you, that's why I, I didn't understand it at first because the book actually went right right after the left off at the last one. I wouldn't even read the book, you know, because it had been so confusing <laughs> to me. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, another book you wrote called From Getting Shot to Taking Shots. Now, obviously, this is based on a true story of an event that occurred yes. to you or a series of events um, that occurred on July of 2017 to July 2018. It involved you surviving a gunshot wound that was suffered while you were on a motorcycle in 2017 and then obviously being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and then having to battle that as well right. afterwards in 2018. So so take us through this journey, obviously starting with July 1st, 2017. Oh, yeah. That's what changed my life. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I bet, man. <laughs> yeah. God, um, man, that was uh, – so I'm coming from work um, on my motorcycle. It's a path um, that I always wanted to take. Uh, and I was like, since – the, the path, the road was near my job, and it led to um, to another place where I was going to meet my wife for, for dinner. And so it was the perfect time to do it, uh, such a scenic route. This and that takes about uh, about 20 minutes, 20 or 30 minutes to get through the entire route. So uh, we meet up at this like kind of like famous place. In, uh, it's actually in Illinois, Alton, Illinois, that a lot of people go to uh, called Fast Eddie's. It's just one of the, the, the cheapest food there and just a fun time and this and that. Uh, everything was normal. With nothing going on, met my wife there. Uh, she was in the car. I was on my motorcycle. So we, we just leave, we just left and we was going to go see a movie. So I'm driving down, uh, this highway called Highway 367. I uh, wasn't thinking about nothing. Matter of fact, I was listening to mystical, uh, to, to a mystical song and, uh, I heard some right when the song um, went uh, went off. I heard a like a like a loud noise, and then I felt the burn in my leg. Um, if do, do do you ride motorcycles or have yeah. you ridden one before? Okay, so you know like rocks hit you and stuff like that when you ride. So I thought it was like a rock or something like that that bounced up. I probably rolled over and hit my leg. Didn't think nothing of it. So. Um, just kept on riding, not that far. And I was like, man, something just don't feel right. And by that time, um, I'm in front of my wife and she's behind me. No, no, she's in front of me. Sorry, she's in front of me. So I looked down at my leg. I said, my leg is just throbbing. What is going on? You know, so I looked down and all I seen was red. Mm. And that's when I panicked. And I didn't know what we was the only ones on the highway. Didn't know what was going on. 
So at that time, it seemed like at the same time when I seen what I saw the red, I like started to get root. And I was like, Damn. okay, something. Right. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I was able to pull over to the media. And then my wife, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm like hitting my horn and, you know, waving my hand like, hey, something wrong. I don't know what's going on. So she stops and a little bit past me and I'm on the side of the media. I was able to kick down the kickstand. And as soon as I got off, I like stumbled real. I said, wow, what is going on? And I stumbled over to the media. And that by that time, she's like, well, oh, my God, what's going on? And she said, I stood straight up and, and, and uh, fell straight back. Like, Damn, like, wasn't out. no, it, yeah, I passed out. It wasn't like no, you know, like, oh, my arm to protect. She said, I just fell flat straight back. So, you know, she is like, she, and plus she see all the blood and this and that. So when we was at that place, Fast Eddie's, um, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, you know, you just see people, you, you don't think much about it. So we must have left like maybe a minute, maybe a couple minutes before this other group. Came. So um, this, this group of people came and it's in the, you can see like pictures and stuff in the book. And the uh, it was two nurses and their, their their son, and they immediately pulled over. And my wife, she didn't—I mean, you know, she was like stunned, didn't know what to do. So the nurse, she went into action. She actually, uh, her son had a shirt on, and um, took off the shirt, put a tourniquet on my leg, and stopped it from bleeding. It seemed like immediately after she stopped. Leave because I was leaking pretty bad, and I came to, and you can imagine like I didn't know what was happening. I, I look, I open my eyes, I see a guy with no shirt on or just a t-shirt standing over me, and then a, a, I'm laying in a somebody's lap. So I'm looking up, I'm like, okay, this is some type of weird dream. <laughs> right, absolutely. But I see right, my yeah. wife. I said, okay, but at least my wife right there, so I know it. <laughs> I said, oh yeah, something <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> That's crazy. So I just remember her saying that um, I couldn't really breathe that much in that helmet. The helmet kind of probably saved me from touching. She's like, no, you want to keep it on? The paramedics are coming. What happened to you? I said, no, I need to get this helmet off. So they, they didn't know my injury, so I, I forced them. I, I just took that helmet off. And I said, okay, I feel a lot better. And she was like, what happened? I said, you know, I don't know. So they thought that I was kind of like, you know, something was going on. I said, I, I don't. So the pair, I just remember the paramedics came and they was like, uh, sir, what happened? You know, this and that. And they was like, what's your birthday? And, you know, I was answering, you know, all the questions. Like, well, you know, I kind of heard him say, well, he seems fine. You know, do, do you know what happened? My wife might know. So I noticed this, this cop, he's pacing like up and down. And, you know, I, I just kind of focused on him. I said, hey, man, you know, calm down. It's all right, man. I'm, I'm, I almost was saying that to him, you know, like, calm down. It's all right, man. You know, I'm, I'm good, you know. This and that, I don't know what happened. He said, no, sir, you've been shot in the leg. I mean, you've been shot. He just said, you've been shot. I, I almost stood up and said, what? Right. I said, how? You know right. what? And I was like, what? And they was, and everybody looked, was like, what do you mean? You know, uh, I said, there is no one on highway. And he said, well, uh, we got, as soon as your wife called, just put it like this. We got a call at like 6, just say 649, and another call at 6, like, 55 and then your wife called it like 7-11 and 
it was a guy who was they got into it. Two guys got into it, and one followed the other guy, and they just started shooting on the highway. A guy got shot in the stomach. Oh, I got snap. shot in my leg. Yeah, it was crazy. Fourth of July weekend, and the intended target uh, actually ended up because in the right where I was at, uh, I was right like in my in the picture. You can actually see the hospital right next to the hospital. They said the intended target uh, ended uh, was made it to the hospital with his car riddled with bullets. Damn. So, yeah, they was calling that the uh, the 4th of July massacre. And um, I didn't like the fact that when the news got to it, they said a, they said a, uh, a older gentleman on a bike. I said, wait a minute. Now. <laughs> Damn, they're going to do me dirty like that? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. They, they did me like that, yeah. They did it. Oh, yeah, a guy, a suspect got shot, and then they said an older gentleman on a, <laughs> on a motorcycle. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, they did me wrong with that. Right. Um, but man, but um just happy to be alive and come to find out that same that same nurse. So uh the following year, uh I didn't tell I was working at a hospital then, another hospital, and um uh my PR person uh got a hold of I don't know how he got a hold of the story. And um he he asked me about it, and I told him. I said, uh, "I don't know how we got on the subject." And I, I the, the nurse, I only got her name, and it was so many good Samaritans that that day too. So they said that you know the nurse worked at our sister hospital. I said, "No, get out of town." <laughs> so we looked her up, and uh, we called their their uh, PR person. It's like, yeah, we do. Have, her name is a. Uh, uh, Lisa. We couldn't find her first because uh, she goes by uh, Alicia, but, you know, uh, that's her name, but we call her Lisa. Everybody, all her friends call Lisa. So finally, we, we, we got in touch, and it was like, yeah, she goes by Lisa, this and that. And they showed me, I said, yeah, that's her. You know, my wife's like, yeah, that's her. And uh, so we did a um, uh, a uh, Heroes thing on the uh, uh, um, not the radio, but the news uh, they had a thing where every year they do a heroes for breakfast. So um, they wanted they 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 got the story. He sent the story to KSDK, the uh, news station, and they fell in love with the story. So they said, "Hey, have you contacted Lisa?" I was like, "No." They said, "Okay, don't let's let's surprise her." So she thought that she was uh, coming on the station the day that we surprised her. She thought that she was coming there because she did a, a, a good deed at the hospital, but it was actually me who she hasn't seen in a year, almost exactly a year. Oh, that's so, dope. Uh, they had, yeah, man, it was it was nice, man. And it's all in the book. It's all pictures and stuff. So when I came in, she knew exactly who I was. It was amazing. I had flowers and everything. And she ran over and hugged me. She was like, oh, I, I never know what happened to you and this and that. I know you made it and this and that. And yeah, it was it was a tearjerker. So uh, they honored her and stuff like that. So yeah, that was, it was, that was amazing. That's dope, man. So, what was what was what was the recovery process like? What was the actual damage that was done? Did it hit the obviously the tourniquet? But how much damage was done to your leg as a result of it? Wow. So that's a good question too. So, um, fearing the worst. Okay. So, uh, they rushed me to a hospital. Um, you know, uh, get in there. My leg at the time when I got in the ambulance, they were like, "How's the pain?" And it seemed like immediately after he said that the pain went one or two to like a thousand 
And so, Damn. you know, they gave me some pain medicine. It didn't really uh, work. So I'm thinking that, okay, they're going to operate my leg. Feel nothing hurts. I mean, like I couldn't feel no movement, but it hurts like hell. So I remember um, went to the hospital. Doctor, uh, he came in. He looked at me. He like kind of squeezed my leg and this and that. I was like, okay, I'm not ready for that. You know, all the crazy, crazy stuff that's running through my mind. I'm not ready for this. I don't want. You know, I want to hold on to my leg. I just remember right, that. Yeah. So he. Yeah, so he whispered something to the nurse, and he left. I said, whoa, whoa, doc, what's, 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 the, no, no, he, he said, he whispered to the nurse, he said, okay, uh, the orthopedic, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the orthopedic, uh, was, uh, will see you Wednesday. This happened on a Saturday. I said, whoa, whoa, what's, what's going on, doc? Uh, what that mean? They're going to take my leg off? They're going to, what? They're going to, you know, <laughs> what they're going to do, man? I'm, uh, I really don't want to hear it, but I do. And he started laughing. He's like, no, man. He said, uh, it's a clean, um, clean, uh, in and clean, uh, entrance and exit room. He's like, you'll be on your feet walking in a couple of weeks, maybe a month. I said, what? He's really? like, yeah, it don't, it didn't look like it damaged anything. So I went to the orthopedic on that Wednesday and, um, he looked at it. He did x-rays. He was like, man, he was like a sharpshooter. I remember, remember him saying, he said, a sharpshooter shooter couldn't, um, couldn't shoot and to project how the bullet went through your leg and missed every artery or whatever. And right. it's a clean, straight shot through it. It just fractured. It, it chipped the uh, tibula bone. That's the only thing. He was like, that's where you're getting your pain. He was like, Damn. all we're just going to do is just give you some... Um, medicine for the because the bullet fragmented the bullet fragmented in your in your leg so um you know you you, you get the senses lead and stuff like that um the medicine that he gave me is supposed to clear it up and things like that and he's like yeah man we're gonna say uh we're gonna say eight weeks but trust me you'll be walking uh probably within four weeks and i was like really i said man i'm just in too much pain i don't see it but yeah he was right i went back that happened uh, July 1st. Um, I went back to work. Uh, I was ready to go back to work uh, July 31st. Damn, bro, that is crazy. Yeah, crazy. That's crazy. Whatever happened to the uh, shooter, they called him? So, yeah, um, police know, know who did it, but nobody would come forth. And they feel like they're, they're target, the, the intended target, they said, oh, yeah, he's going to die. Oh, he's going to shut up that but he wound up living oh damn and he won't say nothing which i kind of figured out he probably even had revenge or scared so they said that they said they'll come for you um, this guy who did it you know that was the last that i heard that that's crazy now, yeah. now how do you feel about that like how do you feel about that that, that entire situation like did you want justice um, or was it just you were just focused on your recovery and, and that was um, it? You know, that's funny. Nobody really never asked me that. That is, that is. That's a good question. Um I at the time, uh, you go through like a dark period. I went through a dark period where, you know, uh couldn't walk. Um, 
and it was hard for me to use. I needed assistance sometimes to even use the bathroom and stuff like that. And um, I just couldn't get around. I was in constant pain, at least for about two, two and a half weeks. I was in constant pain. Um, I, I was focused more on could I, would I ever return to being back active? Mm. Um, what would people think when I go back to work? Uh, I wasn't too concerned. I, I, I hate the carelessness of that. I hate the fact that that a person can, you know, just the violence. St. Louis is very violent. Uh, and it just, I don't know. I, I, I wasn't really focused on justice. I did want to know uh, who did it, you know, but since he put it that way, if you ask, probably asked the guy today, he was like, no, I didn't shoot him. You know, yeah, and, and yeah, you probably wasn't intended to, but your bullet hit. Right. You know, so he probably don't know. I don't know him. So um, it's, you know, I'm just thankful that I didn't die because, you know, I, I could have, you know, if I would have went a little bit longer, if I would have tried to tough it out, I, I could have crashed the motorcycle and been dead. Oh, absolutely. You know. So now that I, I don't, I'm a little bit more careful. I'm still riding. I'm I'm more careful, uh, and I'm not gonna say like like I never was careful, but um, I, you know, it kind of it, it affected me that way. Like uh, I think about it when I every time I hop on a bike, uh, on my bike, but uh, no, it it don't. I don't feel. Like I'm not mad or nothing like that. I'm just thankful that because a lot of people don't don't survive getting shot, right? Uh, let alone the situation that you know I was in on a motorcycle at that. You know, going at wasn't going that fast, but I could have crashed. Uh, the bullet could, you know, it probably. I mean, I could have crashed. You know, it didn't have to be the bullet to kill me. So, mm. um, just thankful. That's all. Yeah, just, just thankful never really thought about it uh even to this day it's been going on uh, three years now. Uh, i don't you never know i could <laughs> you know if he went to jail i, I could have seen you know been around or never know you know never know saying? who he is right right <laughs> exactly and i'm fine with that because you know as long as i know that he wasn't intended to hit me and yeah he's in the wrong and this and that you shouldn't be doing that but I think if I know knew who did it, he went to jail and came out. Yeah, I would probably have a problem because I'd be pissed off. Right? Yeah. And it's funny. I tried to trick the police, and he almost did. I said, "He said, uh, yeah." When I said, "Oh, who is it?" He said, "Yes." Yeah, he said, "Sir, we can't." <laughs> I said, "Almost got you. Almost got you. Almost got you." <laughs> yeah. Now. Yeah. From writing books, how did you get into becoming a filmmaker? Well, um, I formed a, uh, me and my friend, he, who always uh, did some type of video work. Um, we got together and he said like, hey, I want to shoot a movie. I said, you know, that did sound like that. I never did anything like that. Uh, let me try writing one so um i just researched like uh, the type of software to use because i, I didn't want to do it like just write out something and then we 
go from there. I want to do it the right way. So I, um, you know, uh, looked at what type of software and I kind of taught myself just looking at other uh, scripts that's, you know, uh, that's public, um, you know, to see the format and things like that. And I created my own style of writing scripts, you know, just like a regular script, but certain things that I changed out of it. And then um, our first movie was an opportune killing, which I, uh, it's funny because I did the movie first and wrote the book later. Um, we did that movie and it, it turned, it, it, it was an uh, experience because you, it's a lot of things you don't think about. Like um, we did things. the movie over <laughs> a couple of things, days and I was like, oh man, she changed her hairstyle. Oh, oh you got to wear the same clothes. <laughs> oh man, it was, uh, the movie, I mean, it came out all right. It's not, not my best, no, but it was our first one. It was right. back in 2013, I believe. But, you know, uh, we was new at it. And, <laughs> and it, <laughs> it was like just some of the things that you don't, man, it was just like crazy. Like, man, I, I didn't, I never really, you know, you expect when you see a movie, you just don't think, you know, a lot of people don't think about what all they have to go into. Like, just to do one scene, I mean, you know, a scene could take hours just to, you know, just to get it right, the takes and stuff like that. Uh, especially working with everybody's amateur. Everybody, like, we worked with people that never acted before, but they had the look that we wanted. And then another thing that was available, that's the, that's the, the, key, right? that's <laughs> the worst part about a movie. God, there's people, it's one you'll have, like, that's why I started writing films where it wasn't that many people. Right. Like, um, um, and now it's a little bit of challenge because, um, you know, like movies, you know, a lot of movies contain a lot of people, but that was a challenge to me. How can I write an effective movie where, you know, it's not that many people, not that many scenes and things like that? Because we got to a point where, okay, we got everybody here. Then one person said, oh, I can't make it. Tears up the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> So we have to postpone it. <laughs> yeah. So that's how uh, I think. I don't film, we don't film about seven or eight movies now. Yeah, about seven or eight. That's a lot. And um, this latest, yeah, yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's been, I work with actually two different, uh, like, film uh, companies, uh, you know, just friends, two different types of friends and stuff like that. Um, and to, you know, we kind of do different things because, uh, like the others, like a lot of people, like when they do movies, uh, a lot of times people, they know how to film, but the writing part, they always need a hand with the writing the score story and making sense of it. So that's how I, you know, get, you know, people, hey, could you write me a movie? And I like what they do. And then I kind of get more involved with directing and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's amazing. I love doing, I actually like doing that, um, you know, if, Man, if I can do that full time, that'd be great. <laughs> I would say, yeah, that film life, man, is yeah. addictive. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, your short yeah. film, the last, the last rest stop, it got some selection, got a couple accolades, it got a selection into the Toronto Short Film TV Channel yeah. Festival, um, semifinalists in the Flight Deck Film Festival. So, what were what were the goals when creating that short film? And did you always know that obviously you were going to take the festival? But did you, did you, once it was done, did you know it was going to be 
that that type of selection film? No. <laughs> Let me tell you. I didn't realize how that was my first time even entering. Say, I'll put it like this. Um, and I'll just, I just want to be real honest with you. The films that I have done in the past, um, I know that there's certain things that we was, uh, with lighting and stuff that wasn't like probably like the best. And then we, you know, just learning and things like that. I kind of felt like, um, you know, I wanted something that, um, because I, I do a lot of research on stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at some of these films that, um, um, that, that was in the fest. I'm like, wow, they look great. <laughs> you yeah. Know, this oh, and that. Yeah, some of them are crazy. And, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so I, you know, I always, I always wanted to do a film festival and this and that. And I was very naive to it, uh, to, to, to how it works and things like that. So when we did this film, um, everything that came into place with this film, uh, we had the, the, uh, sometimes to me when you're just having some people that's dedicated is is just as good as um, you know I, I won't say just as good as, as people that can act but um, I can I always say I can I can show you how I want the emotions that I want you to act in the film I can direct you towards that I just need people that were uh, dedicated and that's what we had with this film and uh, we had uh, some good can we use some good cameras with this? We everything worked out pretty, really well. So when he made the trailer of the film, I was like, "Wow, this film looks good." Mm. And when he finished the product, I was like, "Wow, it looks good." Let's. I told him, I "said I'm, I'm, let's, let's enter it. Let's let's enter it in the film festival." And so I'm thinking, I'm very naive. I'm thinking that, hey, you know, I just enter one in, and they're gonna play it. Man, was I so wrong? <laughs> I got some deny, you know, like people like, nope, nope, we're gonna, we're gonna pass on you this time and this and that. And I was like, man, this, I thought this was pretty good. Then all of a sudden, I started getting a, some yes, mm. you know, and and it's like, wow, like, and then uh, when the flight deck, they was like, wow, we yeah, we really like your material, this and that. Can we do this and can we do that? So. Um, so yeah, so that's like my introduction to the film festival. Things like that. I was, I was, I was just so naive with, with that. I just, you know, I, I know that, I know like with the Sundance and the, uh, 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 what's the other big one out of, I can't think of the big one. Uh, I know that, you know, uh, they will be kind of hard, but I, but these other ones, I didn't. You know, I just thought that, hey, you know, <laughs> you're in it and they, they're going to play it. But it's a big deal for them to play it. You oh, know? yeah. So, yeah. So with it, with that film, just by the, um, you know, just by the, cam- the camera angles, um, <clears throat> the plot and stuff like that, I, I felt like it was ready uh, for a uh, for it. I, I felt it was ready for it. So that's why I went ahead and did that. The one thing I noticed about that film that stood out to me was like the locations. Y'all had locations, man. And I know that's one of the hardest things to obtain uh, is film location. How were you able to do that? Man, we was getting kicked out of stuff. Oh, for <laughs> <laughs> It was funny. Yeah, man. 
it was fun. We got the um, uh, police. The police? No, they was uh, the. So at the rest stop that we used, we thought there was like a uh, desolate like type of rest stop, which we wanted. But man, that that first night, that museum that everybody was coming to, to that. <laughs> so course. we had to stop and and. And then people, then you had audience and stuff like that. Then we did people making noise and stuff oh, like that. And, kinda, and, how, and how can we tell them that, you know, it's a public rest stop. So so we were like, well, we'll just, uh, well, we'll just wait and then just uh, do it uh, like like late, late, late at night. Then here come the maintenance people talking about, oh, well, you know, it closed at 12. Oh, said, you came oh, coming God. overnight. Right. I didn't know a rest stop closed. Yeah, we're rest stop closed. <laughs> so uh, it was around about like uh, maybe like eleven something, and it kind of slowed down. And 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 you know we didn't really know there was cameras in there. So <laughs> so we we did our little we did our uh, I think we did the um, we did about an hour's worth. And the next we we came back the next night, and we were just wrapping up. And the maintenance guys, we said, okay, we're going to go uh, a little bit later again, like we did. And uh, the maintenance, one of the maintenance guys came and said, you know, I don't mind, but you know, they mentioned it to me, uh, the people who own it said, who was hosting? Oh, I said, man, I ain't see the <laughs> And then they was like, uh, I mean, they, you know, they make all the police or whatever this and that. I said, okay, well, we almost done. So we, we finished up. And it's funny because, uh, um, we told him that um, could you leave like a mop or something out, man? We'll, we'll put it back up. And he forgot. We had a lot. We had some blood. Oh, yeah, I seen that scene. <laughs> <laughs> we had to play with with, and then they ran out of they ran out of paper towels. Oh man! Um, <laughs> and we had to use tissue. Um, and then we didn't want, you know, we could have been like, man, the hell with that. I'm about to say, you could have just we rolled out <laughs> on that show. <laughs> right. And I'm pretty sure that they had cameras on the outside that they seen us. They saw a car. So, but make a long story short, uh, we cleaned it up. So, what was. It's a, yeah. So, what was the journey like? Obviously, you touched on it a little bit um, with, with that issue with the location, but what were some of the other issues you ran in? Because people see the final product, they don't understand the work that goes into it. Um, they don't understand sometimes the script changes based on, like you said, people don't show up, people got to go. Uh, yeah, one of the things that's worse than somebody not showing up is somebody that shows up and then has to leave early. So now you're trying to yep. like rush stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so what were some of the issues you guys ran in, ran into while shooting this film? <laughs> Um, equipment, <laughs> batteries. Uh, people forgetting to charge batteries. Oh uh, man, <laughs> some of the stuff. Uh, it was it was um. So, uh, we used a Black Magic uh, cinema camera, and a lot of times, you know, people, you know, they may use Canons, they may use a Sony and stuff like that. That Black Magic, not too many people. I don't think too many people use that. So, um. And it used different types of, you know, just different types of lens and stuff like that. The fortunate thing that we had, like, uh, we worked with another uh, person that does, like, a lot of weddings and stuff like that. He just so happened to have a black magic camera, the same one as ours, and had the same type of lens and stuff like that. So um, that that helped out 
where uh, some of those angles we was uh, we had two cameras on it. Uh, we we had two cameras. We had two cameras anyway. Mm. Um, but uh, it was good to have two two of those black magic. So we we had that. And the guy who the guy who had the black man, he actually helped film some of it too. He was just a real cool guy. Um, other than that, uh, that the the main actress, man, she was so dynamic, so dynamic. I mean, she worked. She worked with us. She was like, "Hey, I'm here as long as y'all need me." And we just met her, uh, maybe like a couple weeks before. You know, it wasn't that long, and she was just, she was just down, and that 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 was important. You know, right, absolutely to us. Um, it was yeah, that was great. Um, other than that, uh, just you know, like you said, I mean, like to me, I like when. When we film, I like when all of us. This that group, it's six of us, you know, five or six, and you know, there'll be times where you know uh, somebody drop out here. And, oh, I can't make it this time. Yeah, you probably. Yeah, it, it, as long as me and the person filming is there, that's kind of that's that's better. But it just kind of helps out because you can do something. You can hold lighting. You can. Um, you know, hold you know, position the camera and stuff like that. It makes it you know a little bit easier. So that was the only issue that location besides the uh, <clears throat> besides that rest stop. Everything else uh, when it first comes on came on. That was uh, at uh, one of the colleges, and that was that was no issue. And then we used the uh, one girl house that was an issue, uh, and then road that we used. Yeah. So, and that's how I tried to write with them. I wanted because they, when they came to me last September, um, actually they had like uh, they wanted to enter the film in the summer, and they asked me, "Can I uh, write something real quick where it don't take that many scenes?" And that's how that's how I came up. With it. Oh, that's hot. So we it, it it didn't take that long to film. It was just getting everybody, you know, everybody else together. We started. It got to a point where. Um, the extras that was in there, like we had a clothing line in there and stuff like that. We had, we we started adding people to the just to make the film a little bit better because everybody else was, you know, they was pretty on board and they was showing up. So it it wasn't that bad. I have been I have been on worse. Then <laughs> uh, when we I actually had to just change it, change the whole dynamic of the film because we found out that somebody like I had somebody that went to jail. Oh, snap, an actor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. So how y'all find out? Y'all find yeah. out that day? I hope it wasn't the day of. No, nah, it was, um, <laughs> uh, uh, it was like maybe, no, 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 no. Was he, in, he either went to jail and was on house arrest or something. Oh, snap. It was probably like a couple <laughs> days before. So, so luckily we was able, the way we, um, the way we did it, we was able to add a little bit, and then we just uh, added another scene to it, and then took it. You know, you have to be, you have to just be real creative when you create at this level <laughs> because anything, any, anything, can anything. <laughs> but we, but on the same token, uh, one of the moves what I did with my my other uh, company. 
uh, we had a guy who was coming down two hours. Every time we found he came from because he lived about an hour and a half, two hours away. He was there on time every time. Damn. So we had that type of dedication. So uh, that was great. And you know, naturally we give, you know, we 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 give gas money, we try to feed everybody, always have water and stuff like that. For that because that was that's dedication. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so before we wrap this up though, just give me your key to consistency because obviously you have so much going on. You have you're accomplishing so much. Just being an author alone is a lot to write fifteen books. Just being a filmmaker alone is a lot to do more than five films. So what is your key to consistency? Um, just being hungry. Just wanting uh because I haven't really tasted the success that I want. Mm. And, and uh just having mentors, just having mentors in in each of the game uh, of the movie game and the uh the book game that uh, has the the you know uh, better success and stuff like that, and just you know talking to them, um, meeting up at book conferences and talk, being able to talk to them and stuff like that. It's just the hunger. The hunger keeps you going because I know that you know I will you know I will reach that uh, that point that I want to reach, and with the people around me too. We're, we're, we're gonna do it. Man. I mean, I don't. It, it it just everything is time so uh it's no reason for me to stop right now thinking that you know hey i got enough or i did this or this and that and it's being humble just knowing that you know if if it's if i can lend a helping hand always and um always learning too that's i mean we even now after uh, all these yeah. movies um i'm i'm still learning even the, the guy who filmed <clears throat> He's, everybody's learning. Everybody, and we're learning each other to make everything better. Uh, even with books, I'm still learning better methods of writing books faster. You know, I used to I used to write down everything. Now I type down everything. I call the iPad. Now I type, and so that saves me time too. Uh, writing is just a little bit more convenient, but then I have to take the writing to type. Right. So, um, and work. that's that's only been couple years ago that I just started doing that. So it's just learning techniques and things like that to help me to improve. I guess the day that I'm not hungry will probably be the day that, you know, maybe, um, you know, it'll, I'll slow down until it, it, it comes back and stuff like that. But I'm still hungry. I still want it. I mean, you know, it's just something that, that I love. So what's next for you? Yes. Uh, so um, we got the, I think I sent you a link to the Pillow Talk. That movie is done. Just We're just working on some uh, things uh, in that movie. Uh, I, we were working with another uh, guy that's uh, real good. He's a real good uh, 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 film editor and things like that. So we're gonna tighten that up and probably release that. But we we have a cancer that I think is gonna be real impactful, and uh, we only got two or three more scenes left, and that movie is going to be amazing. Mm. Um, so and it's a short film, this and that. 
and as far as the books, um, my trade by trade, I do HVAC. So um, I'm coming out with the book uh, through all what's happening right now. You see, like a lot of young males and things like that. That's you know a lot of shivams and things like that. So I, I came out with a book. I'm coming out with a book called uh, "You Have Three Options." I chose all three: um, military, trade school, and college. Um, just given um, uh, young people uh, like some of my you know, uh, looks at like um, the military. Like I did five years Navy. Uh, some of the things I went through, how it helped me. Trade school, by trade, I'm, you know, I did HVAC uh, work, and you know, it's still it's still relevant as of today. You know, like I, I, I still do side jobs, things like that. Not as much as I did college. I went to I went back to school to get my uh, bachelor's and master's degree, and it helped me tell myself as a director uh, running uh, multiple uh, uh, departments at my at the hospital. So I just want to share that, you know, um, it's more to life than, you know, than not doing nothing with your life. Uh, so that book will be coming out uh, probably uh, late summer. Like I said, this sharing experiences and things like that and just trying to help people, uh, young young adults, kind of geared towards young adults uh, to make a, when, it's, it's their high school period. Like when you're, you're about to graduate high school or you're a junior, you don't know what you want to do. Well, I wanted to share some options. With you. Right, right. Um, other than that, um, may have another novel I've been kind of uh, playing no, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to finish this uh, book first. Uh, then I have, uh, then I may, I have a, I have a person that has an interesting life that she wants me to write her book for her. So I, I'll, 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 I'll see how that goes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, I mean, because like I said, I mean, it's, it's, um, how can I put it? I mean, even with that. You know, it's still discipline. Um, people may think that, you know, oh, I got everything up up in my mind and this and that. But when it comes to recalling stuff, yeah, you still have to write some stuff down. Because, you know, how I, you know, how you format a book and things like that, you know, uh, 200 pages, 100 pages, that's a lot of pages. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. if you don't have the content. <laughs> so that's, that's my immediate future uh, right now uh, obviously uh, we got some future films that we want to do that later on down the line but hopefully those I got we got one feature that so uh, now tell everybody what they can um, long time. I'm sorry go ahead I was saying, now tell everybody where they can reach out to you, man. How they can get in contact with you, where they can find your books, where they can find all the films, everything. Oh yeah, um, my website is Baron B A R R O N Smith. Net. Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram, uh, B Smitty at Instagram. Uh, 
Darren Smith at on Facebook, uh, Twitter, same thing. Um, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I, I may be in your city. I do uh, book conferences and stuff like that well, with this Corona uh, stuff. It kind of slowed down, but I think in June I'll be in Atlanta for a book conference. Then in October, if everything works out, I'll be in Houston for another one. Dang. So may just show up to a city. Here you <laughs> All right, this has been a fix. This has been the Fiction Addiction Podcast, and this was Baron Smith. Baron, we appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for this dope interview. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Make sure you visit fictionaddictionpodcast.com for links on everything we talked about today, as well as awesome resources, additional tips, and fiction addiction merchandise.